The Well-Rounded Geek Welcome to the Well-Rounded Geek Podcast, episode 19. With me in the studio today is David Ritchie for another Stoner and the Scholar Sports Show, where we talk about the latest in sports news and give our opinions or hot takes on sports topics. What's up, man? What's going on, man? Good to be back. It's been a while. It has. I changed the studio a little bit so you have a big comfy couch to sit on. Hell yeah. (laughs) And we... uh. It's always weird when you start the podcast after we've been chilling for at least like an hour. Right. We just smashed some (laughs) Korean barbecue. (laughs) But today's show, we have a lot of topics to go over since it's been been a minute since we've recorded. Um, We're going to talk about the Pistons. We're going to talk about the state of the NBA. We'll discuss some UFC stuff. We'll talk about the Detroit Lions and some of the other sports teams and how they're rebuilding. But I sort of want to be brief on that because it's still misery. And then we will go over some more jake paul and logan paul stuff because we obviously can't escape it and then if we have some extra time we'll go over aew full gear and just talk about the results of that so let's start the show with the pistons i know you haven't been able to watch a lot of games yet but what are your initial thoughts and opinions on the season so far uh not a very good team but Every time Cade plays, he proves why he was the right pick, man. Yeah, and he's growing into yeah, the season. Absolutely. So to fill the listeners in, if you don't already know, the Pistons as of today are four and ten. Uh one of the lower tier teams in the Definitely. NBA. They're shooting around forty one percent from the field, thirty percent from three. Uh, I think they have like fifteen turnovers a game average, which is quite bad. It's terrible. Um, they're 30th in points per game. They've been scoring like 98 points per game. They're 29th in rebounds per game, 42. That's pretty bad. And they're letting their opponents score like around 107, 108 per game, which is 19th in the NBA. Pretty high, yeah. Yeah. That, to me, their defense hasn't been that disappointing, but... It looks more glaring on paper, like the stats I just read off there, because they haven't been able to score. Like, if they were able to score more, their defense in the games that I've watched, it's solid enough. It's just when you're turning the ball over and you can't score and you're not rebounding very well either. Right. It's kind of like that little bit of a sophomore slump we talked about, not on, on air with, like, some of the guys' second year. Isaiah Stewart and Sadiq Bay and Killian Hayes. We're still waiting to see really what he <clears throat> is going to be. Um, the offensive struggles have been terrible, though, man. Even the guys that we've brought in haven't really done much no. to improve. And then it's like you got guys that we've been – like Saban Lee is down in the G League killing it, but, like, is he ready to come up and do – right? Probably not, but he's been for he's us. been absolutely destroying it, and I yeah, had that on my notes. It. He's been putting up like forty points per game. He's just balling. absolutely destroying it. But then when he plays in the NBA, you know he doesn't he doesn't have that good of a shot, and everyone's athletic, right? So. But yeah, I mean the season's still young, and the last well last game that I watched, they looked much better 
and it's going to take some time to grow into this team because they're still so young. But yeah, the the players that excited us last year are definitely in that type of sophomore slump. Yeah. But they're coming along and it's different when you get a superstar like Cade that comes into the mix and they're just like trying to feel each other out. Exactly. You know? They're still trying to get a rhythm and a feel for how everybody plays and that mm-hmm. takes time, man. It does. But I I don't know. I still question Casey as our coach because if our players aren't going to develop and they are going to take steps back, that's coaching. Right. Like that's a result of coaching. Um We'll see, and we'll continue to talk about it. I did want to touch on Cade. He didn't play in the preseason because he was nursing an ankle injury, and he didn't come in right at the beginning of the regular season, I don't think, right? And he he missed the first game or two. Yeah, he came in slow, and because he missed that preseason, he had a big feeling out period. He was missing a lot of shots. But he's come around now, and he's looked better every game he's yeah, played. He looks every like game. he's getting just a little bit more comfortable when he plays, and uh, I think long term we're not going to have to worry about those misses. And no. because like we talked about before, just through text and stuff, past couple of weeks watching him play or or seeing highlights and stuff, um, he's not afraid to keep playing ball. Like he keeps going out there, he keeps shooting, he keeps yeah. He's calm, cool, and collected yep, yep. the whole time. He's got That's a great what demeanor I like. on the basketball court. He, yeah. And lately the games that I've been watching, he's like ice in his veins coming in yeah. more dominant. Closing. At, yeah, closing out games. He's so, definitely a closer. And like um we were kind of concerned in preseason with like him being able to take people off the dribble and being being able to score one on one against somebody, he's doing that. No problem there. I don't think almost <laughs> easily. Yeah, he's he's so long. He's big, man. Like you watch him on TV. You watch on TV. Like it, it kind of makes it seem like there are some guys aren't really that big, but he is. Yeah. In reality, and that's that's showing now. He's using that to his advantage. It doesn't seem to be like a problem with a, a boost, a speed, or no. nothing. The ankle looks fine. He's yeah. you know, so. He's adjusting quickly, too, because, you know, everyone's big, tall, strong, and fast in the NBA, and they're smart. Mm -hmm. And there were questions. There's always questions about college players that are just able to physically dominate because it's college. Is it going to transition to the NBA? But I think that's another reason he had a little bit of a slow start because it is an adjustment, but he's already adjusting. And what I'm seeing... I'm intrigued, man. Like he should have way more assists per game too if we were actually hitting our shots because he finds the open man. He really does. He's almost at points he's almost too passive, but he's trying to get everyone together. He's trying to play team ball. And then once those shots start dropping, it's game over cuz he's still right now because he had a slow start, I think he's averaging close to like 14 points per game. Yeah. But the last couple of games, he's been trending around 20. He had a 25-point game. Yeah, and those assists will come once we start knocking down he's shots. He's out there grabbing boards, man. Yes. He's got a couple games where he's 7, 8 boards a game. Like, and he's, he's getting after it. good defensively, but he's going to get even better. Like His ceiling defensively, once he learns the league and yeah. learns tendencies, right. will be even better. Right. He, um, I don't know if you know this, but correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he shoot? 
40% from three in college. I think it was something upwards yeah. of that. So he's <laughs> hovering around like... He can shoot the ball, dude. 26% from three right now because he's at a slow beginning of the season. Yeah. So it's only going to get better when he starts knocking those down. I agree. And then... You know, he's only shooting around 30, 35% from the field. That should increase too. Right. So I'm liking what I'm seeing. I still think the Pistons got a generational talent that's going to make us great for years to come once Absolutely. they build around them. Um, did you see the rumors that we're in talks to trade for Marvin Bagley the third? Yes. I feel like I've heard about that for like two years now. What is your Or at least on a that? year. I feel like I haven't watched a lot of him play. I know we played them recently too, and I, did, I wasn't able to really catch much of that game. But um, if you could send away the right guys that I don't really love on the Pistons right now for him, or that maybe not be are not happy here with the time that they're getting and stuff yeah. like that, like if you can make it work, I'd say make it work. He's still young. He's good too. He yeah. needs to find the right situation. We would have to. Yeah, move it seems some like of there's those. some stuff going on there, right? Like there always is. I there was something going on with like his his dad and the team. I think too. Okay. Yeah, the Kings are just like something about like him wanting like move my son type. Okay. Type thing. They're just sketch all around. <laughs> People want out of there. They always have high draft picks because they're usually not very good. Right. But um, we'll have to move some of our bench higher bench contracts i would assume to get him and i'm fine with it if it improves our team i just think i want to see more out of this team they have disappointed me so far but i still have faith that they're on the right track i just don't want it to become like how it used to be in years past where you watch the games and it's not fun at all it's like you just see a bunch of missed shots and terrible rebounding and right it's not fun last year was whooped. fun it was it was a great uh it was a great year by those rookies that came in yeah and we didn't was, win many games but jeremy we were, grant had a good season yeah we were competitive and that's all i asked just yeah. just keep the competitive nature and then it's worthwhile to watch but so far but like you said we're still you know still under 20 games in the season yeah. got a lot more left to play so yep i hope it gets better so we can also talk about just the overall state of the NBA. I did want to go over like what teams are surprising us so far this year and what teams are sort of disappointing us. So do you want to go first? What teams would you say are surprising you? I think the first two that I can come and think of that are surprising to me are the Bulls and the Wizards, just because I didn't expect... The Bulls to be, I mean, even like DeMar DeRozan has stepped up and like, I think he's 10 years in the league at least now. So like you would think he is who he is as a player and he stepped up completely and kind of changed his, like he's shooting the three ball more. He's, he's so good. He's good, man. And then you got Lonzo who's coming into his own, who's great as well. Zach Levine and those three are carrying that chicago team so is caruso caruso's caruso like a lockdown defender man they still got uh nikola vucevic who's been injured but he's gonna come back and be an anchor in the middle like watch out in the east the for bulls them. are a sleeper team like think about this I, th I feel like a lot of people when they think of the playoffs 
don't think of the grand scheme like you have to win four out of seven games against some of these teams. Who's beaten the Bulls in the East four times, four times easily? Right. Now they're going to be a hard out, man, if they, they stay will. healthy. And they're going to continue to grow together. It's yep. like they've never had a tandem like this where it was always usually Levine. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Well, even before they got him, it was like uh, – because they got him in that Butler trade. Yeah. They had Jimmy Butler, who wasn't quite like what he is now, I guess, but he was coming into being a really good player. But the Bulls didn't have anything before that, and now they got these three guys. They can all shoot the rock. They can all – they can play like a run-and-gun style offense too because all three of those guys can get down at the court in a matter of seconds. Mm-hmm. And they're really and good score defensively. The ball, and score the ball at the rim, and they play, they play defense. They're long. Lonzo Ball's long as hell for a point guard. And you've got Zach Levine at shooting guard, and I think they're playing DeMar at the three. And Lonzo's shooting has improved greatly. Yeah, his shot's completely different. Yeah. And he's hitting, he's knocking them down. Mm-hmm. He balled out against the Lakers the other night. I love this Bulls team. They're yeah. entertaining to watch, and yeah. I'm here for it. They're like, fun, man. Feed me this Bulls team. Right. I, uh, have like made it the point like when I if I get home later at night and they're playing like I'll sit down and watch a Bulls game because they're entertaining man yeah they they're really super are. entertaining and you want to see the Bulls relevant because of Jordan and stuff right you, know, you just do and we haven't in our lifetime no I mean they had spurts they had a little couple years with Derrick mm-hmm. Rose and stuff but um, but nothing at that level like they were threatening to win a championship right. in my opinion right um you touched on the Wizards. They've been a surprising team for me as well. That was on my list. I don't know if they'll maintain that. Right. It's hard to tell because they're never really good year in and year out. But it is telling when you talk about disappointments as well um, that they're doing so well after the trade that happened in the offseason and yeah. the Lakers are not. And there's, you know, there's a common theme in that, which you trade her for Russell Westbrook for these role player guys who are playing their butts off in Washington. Kuzma's playing well. Uh, Harold's had good games. And I think KCP has been doing all right, too. And you know he's going to bring it defensively. Mm-hmm. So I think what we're noticing. That with Beal and. Yeah. And and they're good. They're leading the East right now. I think yeah. they have the best record in the East. I think so too. They're which is them crazy. and the No, I think that uh the Warriors, Suns, and then them are like the top three teams in the league. Yeah. Record yeah, wise. For sure. Um I think it just shows how pivotal some of those players were for the Lakers. Yeah. Because you and I were really hype on a lot of the moves the Lakers made in the offseason, but it has not panned out yet. And they're on my list for disappointment as well, and I know they're on yours. And it's because they moved a lot of those contributing players right. that played really well defensively. They had high basketball IQs because they worked with LeBron for years. Right. Because he like makes everyone better. Sure. You know? And they were and they were played played together for two or three seasons at that point. This what it would have been this year, and I thought it was interesting that you sent me you sent me something earlier or maybe it was yesterday about how the Demar Derozan trade was a done deal to L.A. Yeah, and they backed out Mixed and went it for the Westbrook trade and went for for Westbrook instead. And it's like I don't know what what they would have had to give up to San Antonio to get Derozan. 
I don't think it would have been as much. Maybe I'm wrong. Probably. But I don't know. Man, if you were able to keep any one of those guys and still get DeMar DeRozan. Game, that would have been insane. Game changer. Look what it's already doing for Chicago. And the Lakers were more polished than Chicago. Right. It's concerning. And LeBron's still having injury woes. Still not playing. He wants to play tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, it's he's early old. on in the season too. Man. Right, he's I mean, he's not old, but he's older, and he's old for the game of basketball. Like, right. is is he's not? You know, the the league gets younger every year. Father time finds a way to catch up, even for the greatest like LeBron. I just want to see the Lakers relevant always because of LeBron. I know a lot of people dislike LeBron, but I think it's just better for the game of basketball to have LeBron relevant on a relevant team but another thing that has surprised me so far before i even go further on the disappointments have been the warriors they are elite again and Mm -hmm. we've talked about it right but that's another reason it makes the lakers a bitter pill to swallow (laughs) because they're even more far away than we thought because the Warriors are back in contention like instantly, and they're not even fully healthy, and right. they're killing it. Right, like, they're still waiting for uh, Clay and Wiseman to come, come back. Yeah, they're twelve and two. They look <laughs> lethal record wise, best team in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, dude, when they get those guys back, I mean, I don't know how many people forgot about Clay Thompson, but. He's going to come back, and he's going to come back hard because he missed the last two seasons on some bogus injuries, you know? Like yeah. the the worst kind of injuries that happen, your ACL and then his Achilles, right? So you got a point to come back, and you know I don't think he comes back anywhere close to what he used to be. It's going to be a problem for yeah, the rest he, of the league. They don't even need him at this point with how good they're looking. Right. But if he comes back even a portion <laughs> of what he once was, right. they're not going to lose. No. At least in the Western Conference. I mean, the Suns are still going to be a tough out, but yeah. they just look so good on both sides of the ball. And I was there's a a guy on TikTok that I follow that talks about things and he was talking about how this Warriors team reminds him a lot of when they were winning championships, but even better. Right. You know what I'm and saying? He pointed out reasons of like you got younger guys, more athletic that do better mm-hmm. things or do the the same things better than some of those guys on that, that uh, what was it, 2015 team? Yeah. And it's like, dang, man, he's got a good point. He does. And you still got the the best shooter in the history of basketball. I forgot what it was. A couple games ago I was watching them and – uh, it was a game where he was hitting threes, so they put like his career stats up, right? Dude, he's like 500 games behind all these other, like the next best, which is number one because he's two right now. And he's like his production in the in the in the amount of games he's played compared to the others, it's insane it's literally insane like he played 500 less games right and you're right behind and you're number two on all-time list right and i'm it's difficult to like i enjoy all these players but it's so difficult in the moment to 
show the type of respect that we give to like the legends of the game yeah. in the current present moment. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry is one of the greatest players and he might go down as the greatest point guard ever like he will surpass magic right he could because he's insanely good right and he still has more playing time and they could win more championships exactly he's already got three what he's he's already having an mvp caliber season if he maintains what he he's going to run away with the mvp for sure for sure like he's unguardable and (laughs) even when you do guard him well he still makes the shots right it's it's just insane. The West is going to be lethal. Those teams, like, you were going to touch on um, a disappointment for you was Portland, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's still a tough out. You know, like, the West is loaded. Right. And I don't know if Portland makes the playoffs this year because they are struggling. struggling but the West is going to be exciting to watch. The East is sort of loaded, and there are some surprise teams, but I just, I still think the top dogs will come out of the East. But yeah. the NBA is getting like really fun again to watch for me. Mm-hmm. It got no, I fun agree, again. 100%. There's it, more parity, man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> There's more teams with, uh, I don't know, it just feels more even than it was. There's not, you got Golden State and how great they are, and they're going to get Clay back and. You're gonna have the probably the two of the top three to five best shooters of all time playing on your team still, but it doesn't feel like they're that juggernaut like when they had KD. Yeah. Um, it just feels like you know you still got the Nets, you've got Milwaukee who won it last year, you got Phoenix, you've got these young teams too, the Memphises, the um, who were you just talking about in the East, uh, Bulls. Wizards, you know, it's like there's a bunch of teams that are really playing well right now. And then the young teams, like you got the Cavs, who record-wise aren't that great, but you can see something special happening there. They're building there. something special. <laughs> for sure. And that Mobley pick, I know you loved Mobley. That was yeah. a great pick for them. Mm-hmm. They needed a player like that. He's I'm happy it. we got Cade, but I think I even expressed that to you before the draft happened. It was like, happy and I want Cade, but if we're not going to go Cade, yeah, Moby was the next best thing, even over Jalen Green, and people may yeah. think I'm crazy because no. of his offensive game, which let's hasn't really translated so far. But uh. I think we didn't touch on this, and we'll touch on it quickly before I continue to talk about other teams that are disappointing me. But Jalen Green was painted as this shiny mm-hmm. toy, yeah, and. Cade was going to be a bust. Like, everyone, you know how they are. They're always hating on whoever gets the first. I still see people talking about how we should have took Jalen Green over him. Oh, that's a terrible take. It's awful. How do you even come to that conclusion? He takes terrible shots. He does not make his team better. We beat them even though we are terrible, and we beat them because he's not a good teammate. And he talked trash and teed up. Yep against Cade and then he didn't touch the ball or score again he didn't for the score rest again of the for night. the rest of the quarter. Yep. Yeah. He should not have gone over Cade. No. He's super he athletic. He has a lot of potential. And Weaver knew that. You These need a lot knew. more than that. But Evan Mobley, yeah. <laughs> he might win rookie of the year. Yeah. He is a dog. Like he's yeah. constantly putting up borderline like double doubles. He's so good. He's a beast. He can shoot the rock. He can shoot threes. Yep. He's going to be a problem for that Cavs team for years to come. Agreed. And he, against us, he destroyed us. 
<laughs> the Cavs in general just destroyed us. Yeah. That game, I went to a cigar lounge to watch that with my dad and my friend. Unwatchable. <laughs> like, I thought we would at least compete. Right. You know, I was hyped to see For us sure. play uh, Houston because I wanted to see Cade versus Green. I was hyped to see us play um, the Cavs because I was hyped to see Cade versus Mobley. And... <laughs> That was not exciting. <laughs> we scored like 70 points. Yeah, that was the game that they shut us out oh, so badly. But I still think we made the right decision. And the things that I'm seeing from Cade, he has the highest ceiling. He's going to be a problem for everyone else, too. Agreed. He really is. Yeah. But the other teams that are disappointing me so far in the NBA, and I don't know if you agree with me, but the Nets are 11-5, and five, but I still find them to be disappointing because they're losing the games against like the top competitive team. Yes. Like they're going to be good and they're going to have a great record, but you still need to show out against the top dogs. hundred percent. It seems like they're going to lose to the top dogs of the East. They just lost to the bulls. And I don't know. Harden looks like a shell of himself, doesn't he? <laughs> he looks, yeah, he doesn't look like the same Houston Harden. No, no, no. At all. He, <laughs> he's well, no, he's no, gained no. weight, and then I think the injuries finally like caught up with him because he seems to have lost a step. Plus that new NBA rule where you can't almost like draw a foul while shooting okay purposefully yeah yeah yeah. it's completely changed his game because it's like built into his well, dude, muscle that's, memory. That's something that's really. Uh, funny and it's a hundred thousand percent affected James Harden, but it's affected kind of the whole league. Like free throws attempts are down yeah. throughout the whole league. This is funny, and I know you don't, you're not much of a gambler at all, but gambling and like the unders for games have been insane recently. Like the, everyone's been hitting the unders on unders, man. It's never been like that before. The Every, unders everybody's last night were insane. Everybody's motto would be like, "Life's too short to bet the under." No, you've been unders all this year yeah. because it's they're just not going out like that. <laughs> there's not many as many foul calls. Guys aren't going to the line. James Harden could go to the line 20 times a night sometimes. 15, 14, 12, 10 times a night and getting 20 points just at the line. I hated that though. I, I enjoy this way more. <laughs> Let these guys play. It's not entertaining to see the ball to the game for the game to slow down like that in an isolation situation and then result in shooting free throws like that. Like it's just not entertaining basketball to watch. Yeah, and that's why they made the change. Yeah. It put hard and struggling with that so yeah. far. He's he gonna really have to is. adjust his game somehow. And KD is still one KD's of the best KD. in the world. But But KD can't do it by himself either. Yeah, he can't. You know, they're missing Kyrie. That's a whole bunch of goofy stuff going on. Mm-hmm. That team's missing what he can bring to the table. And nothing. They probably they probably be better off. I mean, they would be 100 percent better off with him playing right now. Yeah. And who knows if they lose to Golden State so badly like they did the other night, and they lose to the teams that they're supposed to be competitive with and and get wins against if Kyrie's there. So that's gonna be interesting to see how that whole thing plays out for the rest of the season because obviously they put that thing together as a unit, him and uh, KD. Yeah, KD came there because Kyrie was there. Like, so now you're not there because of this whole vaccination thing. It's like, what are we doing, man? 
It's it all kind of left them high and dry. It's all bad, but I don't I don't really care because I don't want the Nets to be good. Right? No, I get it, but they want to be good. Yeah. I know. So there's got to there's gonna be some weird. I mean, I don't know how they feel about it. Who knows how they feel about it? But Probably not happy about it. They don't be. look happy about it. I wouldn't be either, man. No. Well, we'll see how the rest of the season unfolds, and we'll talk about it as the rest of the season unfolds. It's going to be, could be a different landscape even a month from now. Right. Like the Wizards probably aren't going to be leading the East, (laughs) but maybe they will. I don't know. I did want to briefly talk about our rebuilding teams and just at least touch on the Lions season so far. The Lions are 0-8-1. So they just tied Pittsburgh. So good. We're so good. (laughs) What are your thoughts on that record on this season? And how do you feel about like us possibly not winning a single game this year? Like, what are your thoughts? I think that's super realistic. And I think that um, this team has way further to go than I could have ever imagined, I think. But do you think that that falls on Dan Campbell or Brad Holmes or do not, you think not year one no I, I don't I still here's the love thing. Dan Campbell Shout out, let's talk to the Irrational Lions fans right now because mm-hmm. they gotta chill with the fire Dan Campbell stuff yeah if that's even a thing I'm not really paying attention to what Twitter and stuff has to say about Campbell right now or the Lions because they're really bad and there's no getting past that but to blame it on a year one coach who you knew, any Lions fan, you look at the roster coming into this year, you couldn't have expected anything. Our over-under, I think, was five and a half wins. I thought maybe we could get five. Maybe. I'm dabbling between, oh, maybe we can beat Minnesota once, Chicago once, pull out those uh, division games. There's two wins. Maybe you can squeak out a win against Cincinnati or something. No. We're bad, dude. But it's because we just don't have talent. We don't have talent. Like, you and I have talked about it. Our best player is Frank Ragnow. Yeah. That's not good. He's an offensive lineman, bro. Yeah. Like, what? To play the best football in this league, you need to have some of the best in the NFL at some of the high-caliber positions. Like, it's great that we have Frank Ragnow. Right. But we need to have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL or one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. That's the only way you can compete. Right. Those are the type of teams that win the championship. Any type of defense, which we don't have. Right. I mean, you got to have a strong defense to win a championship. And or we've had in the injuries, too, like this year, bad injuries. You so come down, we to those, already... down to the wire games, like so many do in Detroit, you need a defense that can stop something. Yeah, our defense is And you need an offense that can make plays. Jared Goff looks bad, bro. He's horrible. <laughs> he looks so bad on in making fact, reads. I hate him. I can't. Even, it's. I it's really don't like him. Really bad when you watch him. Like I've just seen some people share stuff, which is kind of breaking down the film on some routes and stuff, and he misses guys that are wide, wide open. Right. Check down passes or throwaway passes, and he just looks like he doesn't belong (laughs) he looks bad bro and we can't lead a team or do anything yeah we're gonna get blamed for not having quality players and stuff but there are opportunities that he are he's missing out on for sure there are he's not not 
responsible for any of this. Yeah. He's not fully responsible, right. but he's got to take some blame too because he's playing atrocious. It'd be one thing if he was going out there and playing to a level that we've never seen Jared Goff play, but we come up short and we yeah. have two wins on the season or three wins on the season. No, we're but, seeing why, why the Rams I, easily parted with him and well, gave us a draft pick. Yeah, no problem. Why should we as fans believe that we're going to win a game this year? I don't think we'll. Well, the reason that I still I don't even know what our hope, schedule looks like. but it's, it's probably tough. Who are you going to be? But I, the reason I still have hope that we could squeeze out a win is because I think we are the best, worst team I've ever seen. Because the only game where we like completely folded over, which is the game that I honestly thought we could win, was against the Eagles. But every other game, Dan Campbell does put fight in this team. Yeah. Like, it's still not completely over outside of that Eagles game. And we always have like a chance we've lost in fluke ways this year too but isn't like, it the most lion shit yeah, to yeah. to lose to tie with a pittsburgh team that you should have beaten like 100%. you had it there you could have beat them you should have beat them that's Couldn't been happening all year there was like two too. crucial field goal kicks that we missed in that game from what i read mm-hmm. like i didn't watch the game well, but that's what i read but you make a field goal, you win that. We don't have freaking game, dude. Quality field goal kicker, he's like practice squad level. It's terrible. But but the Lions, just real quick, we play the Browns, then we play the Bears, the Vikings, Broncos, Cardinals, Falcons, Seahawks, Packers. So maybe you could squeak out a win against the Broncos and the Falcons, but I have no reason to believe that we will. The quarterbacks are okay. I don't know about Bron- the Broncos quarterback. I don't know if Bridgewater is any better than Goff, and I haven't really see- watched him this year. Matt Ryan's a better quarterback than Jared Goff, though. The only reason I think we could win some of those games, and I still have hope, but I don't want them to because I still want the first overall pick because I do have faith in Brad Holmes drafting because what he's done so far, like that. Uh, Sewell didn't even let up a single, He's good. and he moved over to the right tackle last game because Decker's back. So right. I don't really want us to win many more games because I don't want to lose that first overall pick. But does that mean we got to go 0-17 to get the first overall? No, not necessarily because teams like Jacksonville and other teams have won a, a One game, game or two. Yeah, we got to be careful, though. We're playing with fire. Seriously. But the reason I still think we could win some games is because – the offensive line's finally like healthier now, and we were able to run the ball effectively against Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh does have a good defense. A run to you. So we have a shot. It's just we can't stop teams. Yeah. Like we we could barely that game against Pittsburgh was almost unwatchable, but at times we couldn't even stop Rudolph. You know what I mean? And he's a horrible quarterback. Yeah. So He's terrible. Mason Rudolph is ass. (laughs) He is. But at times we were making him look okay. But guess what? The Lions are ass too. They are. So that's just something that people have to accept for right now. And it's not going to change next year. And it's not going to change the year after that. I don't think it's going to change in the next four or five years, man. It's going to take a while. It's going to be a process. And if we think Dan Campbell can be that guy, which I still think he can be, we got to give him time. 
We can't be so quick to fire these guys. Why are we so quick to fire these guys when it's like you gotta let system, you gotta let these things come together and get some time together and get your talent right. Sign whoever you gotta sign, whatever new acquisitions. As long as you see progress and competitiveness and growth, yeah. Like Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, they ruined us. That's why they we're went down every year at we're at where we're at right yeah. now because we were trending the right way with Caldwell. With Caldwell, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a damn shame, man. <laughs> I still have faith. I really do like Dan Campbell's humility. I like how he handles the tough media questions after a game. I like how he got emotional that one time because he really does love this group of guys and he wants better for us and. He does have a fire in him. I like him as a coach. I don't necessarily know if his supporting staff's the best because I already can tell he's he took over the offensive calling duties, and I don't think that's a good sign for our offensive coordinator. But the – oh, you just showed me the Warriors were down by 13 at the start of the fourth quarter, and they ended up winning by 15. They're unreal. We play them next, don't we? next gate we played them on a, on a little on a I think the Pistons play them next we're screwed we're gonna lose sure. by a thousand but um <laughs> they were down they were, just side note they were playing Cleveland if we were speaking of earlier so Cleveland had them almost by the balls kinda that speaks to what Cleveland's doing out there they're building you know? something special yeah they yeah. are but sorry bouncing around <laughs> it's a okay Dan I just Campbell, had to show you that cause that's crazy Dan Campbell, I still have faith in. I don't know how his supporting staff's going to fare. I still have faith in Brad Holmes. We just need these high draft picks. And the reason I even wanted to talk about this is because the Lions, if they want to be any any which way successful, and successful to me would be at least making the damn playoffs and winning some playoff games. That's all I ask for because I've never seen it in my life. But if they want to be somewhat successful and make the playoffs and such when Aaron Rodgers is out of their division and and things like that. They need to draft well like the Red Wings and the Tigers have and they need to develop these players because we're already seeing the Iser plan. The Red Wings are leaps and bounds better this year than they have been and it's because of young talent that Iserman's drafted and it's all about finding those gems in the draft at your position. Like the Red Wings have, in my opinion, already their best defenseman. Moritz Sider is a rookie and he seemed like a grab when he got drafted, but Iserman and his scouts knew that he was the best player for them at that position. And then when we had a terrible year, the COVID year, we should have had the first overall draft pick and we ended up getting screwed by the lottery and we had the fourth pick and we picked Lucas Raymond. He's looking like the best rookie in the NHL this year. So it's all about drafting and developing your talent. The Lions need to do that. The Tigers are doing it. The Tigers are trending in the right direction too. And they finally have money coming off the books. They have more money to spend and they have these young offensive juggernauts that are going to be coming up. And what's the common theme between like these those organizations is that they've had a little bit of time in a couple of years with their new guys in a new regime to make the picks, 
Right. And the for the players to develop how they develop. That's all the Lions hopefully will need with the GM and the owner that they have, the new coach that they have. Let's give it a couple years before we Yeah, and as long as we see some progress. Right. As long as we see like say the Lions are terrible next year too, but we look like we grabbed, you know, the best offensive player in the draft at number one overall. I'll take it. The best, if he ends up becoming the best defensive player at his position in the NFL, I'll take it. That's what I want to see from our drafts. That's what Bob Quinn whiffed on with every <laughs> single pick. Yeah, Akuda is atrocious. He's probably playing his way out of the NFL already with right. injuries and in his performance. Yeah, but if the Wings and the Tigers, who have been really bad. They have been really bad. Mm-hmm. If they're turning things around, it's time for the Lions to start turning things around. So that's why I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, We probably won't talk about that much next couple times we meet unless they finally get a dub. Right. But I, I want to talk about the success that we need to see through a rebuild. you know. But outside of that, the rest of the show, I think we should at least try and focus on all the UFC stuff that we've been missing out on lately. Yeah, there's a lot there to touch on, too. So, since we last spoke, UFC 266, 267, and 268 occurred. Yep. (laughs) So, let's just, like, touch on what's unfolded. At 266, that was Volkanovski versus Ortega. That, I enjoyed that card. The Diaz-Lawler fight... Yeah. I thought that sucked. It was weird. I was pumped for that fight. I was pumped too because I've never seen Diaz fight before. He looked terrible. I don't even though it was 20 years past probably when he should have been fighting. But yeah, he didn't look great at all. And it was like a weird ending to me. He was just kind of, he was on the ground. It was just kind of like, nah, <laughs> I'm done. He looked like he rolled off the couch and then fought. Yeah, like he didn't the paycheck. He didn't get home. like finished. He didn't get knocked out. He was like conscious. He quit. He was just kind of like, yeah, I'm. A Diaz brother quit. I'm pun- I'm getting punched in the face right now. And I'm not fucking. He got with his it. nose broken and he was like, yeah, nope. yeah. And so, then, but then he's like chiming in to like sub in for the Leon fight, right? So it's like, why do you want to? It's just weird. It is yeah, weird. He probably shouldn't be. He doesn't need to be fighting if no. it's going to look like that. The Shevchenko fight ended up being exactly like what Which we thought. Always, she just beast mode. It's like her and Nunez are the same animal, man. Like, yeah. you just know it's going to happen every time, and they look better every time, and just is what it is. You're not going to beat them until they relinquish yeah, the belt. Yeah, there's no one necessarily that, close. That's messed up when, like, I don't know, it's kind of the Khabib thing, too. Like, nobody could beat these people. The Nunez, the Khabibs, Shevchenko. Um, so it's like no title changes or no threats even occur it's until that exciting. person leaves the division or right. retires or whatever. And it's not it's not because it's a women's division either. It's they're just so much better they're than their elite, competition. Bro, yeah. And I don't enjoy watching those types of fights. Like I instantly go on my phone because I just know Shevchenko or Nunes yeah, is gonna win. win. Right. And easily. And it, it if they Last like four rounds, it's like a waste of my time, it feels like. Right, you know? right. But I still enjoyed that card, and then the Volkanovsky-Ortega fight was That great. was a scrap. I think it shows just how ahead Volkanovsky is over that division outside of Holloway. Right. Ortega looked better than he did against Holloway. Yeah. He's definitely improved, and he did have Volk in 
that signature choke. I thought it was Dunzo. Yeah, dude. I did too. And he was getting pieced up, but that was the highlight of his fight, I would say. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that great was the fight. most threatening part, I would say. Yeah. That the most danger Volkanovski was in. Yes. Was in that headlock. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, he just pieced him up. That was a decent card, though. I enjoyed that. The last couple have been good. Mm-hmm. UFC 267 was Blockowitz versus Teixeira. That card was decent, too. Chemaev is a beast. Yeah. He's he is going to be competing for a he's, championship. He's not soon. losing to anybody that's like outside the top five. I feel like he just ragdolls his opponents and destroys them, and it's he crazy. does have a stand-up game like more than some of these Russian fighters tend to. For have. sure, I feel like he's probably a better fighter than those the other Russian guys that we've seen lately. He's more well-rounded, and he's he scary. can and he can wrestle the shit out of you too, just yeah. like them Russian those other mm-hmm. Russian guys. So he's uh, he's a dual threat man. And then the next fight on that card that I wanted to talk about was Islam Makachev. I think, and he beast-moded Dan Hooker, yeah. like, way more than I even thought he was going to. I think it, nobody... Th- I thought people... I think people thought Hooker's got a legitimate shot because of the way he finished his last fight. On a roll, like, trying to come back from the the bad Michael Chandler loss. Wins his last fight, uh, convincingly, I'm pretty sure. And then... Going into this Islam fight, like, okay, you know, Islam's got a real top guy to fight now, and he just washed him. Yeah, easily. Yeah. And Dan Hooker's one of the elite fighters, in my opinion, in that division, and he just destroyed him. That guy is a problem. It's like Khabib 2.0. Yep, his little brother. (laughs) The question is, is he deserving of the lightweight title shot, or is Justin Gaethje? Right. I don't know, man. I, I think I lean towards Gaethje. I want to see what what happens with Poirier Oliveira, and then I'll think about it. But I, I wouldn't want to see Poirier versus like Makachev. Because Makachev, you wouldn't, you said? Or you would? No, I would not. Yeah. Because Poirier got smoke-checked by Khabib, by Khabib, and it'll be the same thing. So, I don't know. That division... You think Makachev would dominate? The same way against Poirier? Possibly. These yeah. these Russians' wrestling styles They're nuts. are... And their compete level and their energy and their gas tank is just like... Yeah, they're healthy boys. They don't smoke, <sighs> drink, party. It's smothering. Yeah, right. That's it's, what they do. It's exhausting, and they just are masters of positioning, and they will exhaust you. I don't care how good you are. But that was no surprise to me. <laughs> I thought he was going to end up winning... The Peter Yan fight ended up being awesome. Peter Yan is a beast. He might be the best boxer in the UFC. He's a tank, bro. I think I got different level of respect because I don't really, I never really liked him. But uh, after this last fight, and he put on, yeah, it's it was like, it's damn, it's weird. He's gonna be Aljamain. He is, <laughs> and he was. Yeah, he was. The thing is, I never liked him that much either, and I um honestly wanted Sterling to win. And then the Me way too. Sterling carried himself and has continued to carry himself, Just I don't crazy. like him at all. It's whack, man. So whack. So I want Peter Yan Me too. to win, and I like him now. And, and I, his boxing is just... And I think he will win, and then I think uh, probably they make that next fight. This is probably this is a lot of fore, foreshadowing and guessing of what's going to happen, but he beats all Joe... And then he's probably fighting Dillashaw next, right? Yeah. Dillashaw's waiting. 
And what is he waiting for? A title yeah, shot. Yeah, and he's still elite. I didn't know how he would come back, but he looked like he hasn't missed a step. Yeah, man, and Sanhagen's like on the cusp. He's like right there, dude. He's like right below these guys. He's lost to those. He lost to both of them recently. His last two fights. It's like, and I, and I fuck with Sanhagen. Me too. So he's I want to see unorthodox, unorthodox. I was hoping, man. I was hoping he would get one of those wins because that would have propelled him right into the title shot. It would have. But and it's like he's failed twice, though. It's never good. In it's the not UFC. good. It's, it's not, like it's not a you, good look. Not a lot of guys come back and prevail from that. Right, like people would have to fall out of contention like quickly, right, for, for him to be relevant and get another chance. Exactly, get, or else know. he's got to win two or three fights. Yes, it's almost similar to how I feel about Colby losing twice to Usman. So, the final fight of that two sixty seven was Blockowitz to Shara. I thought Blockowitz was gonna win. To is old, even though he's been on a, a huge win streak. Right. I'm so happy for him. The fact that he won though. But I think it proves even further how, like almost how we were talking about the women's division, just how much better John Jones is than that division because he destroyed Glover. And Glover had his way with Blackwoods. Right. You know. So I'm I'm really happy for him. I don't know how long he remains at the top there since he is an older light heavyweight, but good on him. The most recent card that you and I actually watched together was UFC 268. That was Usman versus Covington. The, the, the fight card actually started off with Gaethje versus Chandler. That fight delivered, dude. That was a great fight. Yeah. That was fireworks from the jump. And it was weird because it was like you don't get that caliber of uh, fight to open the main card. But it was, you know, they had coaching that coach was coaching three fights that night, yeah. two championship fights, so they had to push it where they had to push it. But what a way to start it off, man. Fireworks and uh They were throwing bombs. I, expect, I wanted Gaethje to win. I thought he was gonna win and he came out with the decision. Yeah, they were they were clobbering each other. They were clobbering each other, man. That was entertaining. The other fight I wanted to talk about on that card was Rose versus Whaley. That fight ended up being way closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Because Rose really dominated that right away with mm-hmm. a head kick the first time. Yeah. But that was, was a great fight. That was a super entertaining woman's fight. Yeah. So that shows when you have a division where some of the women. There's some parity, man. There's not a huge gap. <laughs> right. That was a great fight. I'm super happy for Rose. They love her, it seems. The UFC does at least. And she deserves all the hype that she gets. She's a really good all-around yeah. fighter. And she proved herself again. Whaley is a beast. Mm-hmm. Like, if you stand and bang with her, it's dangerous. Right. And she was standing and banging with her for a little bit there. Right. That was a good fight. The final fight was Usman Covington. What are your thoughts on that? We watched it together, but how did you feel about that fight? Usman just... He's the best in that division, man, and it just kind of cemented it again because everybody thinks the number two guy is Colby, and I, I think I'd agree with that. But Colby's come up short twice, can't get the job done against him. He's just too elite, man. He's better than – he's like levels above everybody else. I thought that fight ended up being closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. At first, it was going exactly It definitely how... was not like how the first fight played out. Yeah, I – 
Well, I mean, the first fight to me was was quite close too, but Usman was finding some holes and rocking Colby, and he looked like he was doing that early on, and then it's almost like he got complacent or something, and then all of a sudden, Colby got a second wind, and he was becoming more aggressive, and he was rocking at moments. He was rocking Usman. Yeah. And it was throwing Usman off, but I think... Usman was sort of enjoying that type of fight. Right. But it, he was playing with fire. I was nervous, dude. My palms were sweaty. <laughs> my knees weak. Arms were heavy. <laughs> the same, the mom's spaghetti that I, you had this weekend? Yeah, we went there. <laughs> but that ended up being closer than it should have been. I don't know what the UFC is going to do with Colby. I would love to see Makachev um, possibly get a title fight and then see... Chimaev versus Colby on like the same card. That'd be nuts. That would be awesome. But I don't know if they're going to push Chimaev so quickly to the Wolves. But they're already talking about because the Edwards Masvidal fight fell through that Edwards is going to wait and actually fight Usman. Did you hear about that? No. Yeah. So it's looking like it's in talks that it's going to be Edwards Usman. Really? Which. That's weird. That's not going to bode well. <laughs> After one fight? <laughs> it's not going to bode well. He for... already lost to Usman, right? Yes. Yep. So that division, there's gaps that are forming there where I, I feel like Usman's just leaps and bounds better, and he could go down as the greatest welterweight of all time eventually if he continues at this pace Yeah. and continues to grow. Right. I still don't know how I feel about him. I've grown to like him more. I don't think he's as cringe as he used to be, bro. He's not, but... That's what used to throw me off with him is that he was super cringe on the mic and probably one of his people close to him was like, hey, bro, you don't got to do that. <laughs> he would like mimic Conor McGregor quotes and stuff. It's weird. I didn't like that. It was weird. The The fight that's coming up, though, that we will talk about, we might even end up watching it together, is UFC 269 Oliveira versus Poirier. That's on December 11th. The heavy hitters really on that fight are Oliveira Poirier, Nunez is fighting Pena, which I still think she's going to have her way with Pena, even though Pena's talking that trash like she's the only one that's going to actually challenge. No, no way. She's really strong, but there's just no way. Right. Um, And then Cody Garbrandt's fighting France. Garbrandt needs to string together some wins here. He's really like falling out of relevance to me uh to in the show though we will talk about the paul brothers and i guess we can go over at least your favorite moments from AEW full gear i know we're already almost reaching an hour but let's real quickly touch on the paul brothers jake paul is fighting tommy fury which is tyson fury's younger brother like half brother or something december 18th I'm a little bit looking forward to that, honestly, because it's finally actually a boxer, at least. Do you think it's going to be a different outcome, though? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, because Tyson Fury is actually training him, and he's one of the greatest An boxers actual in the bo- world. An yeah. boxer, yeah. And I think, I hope, there's no sketchy contract things that I've been hearing about, like that that Woodley wasn't allowed to even knock him out. I don't know right. if that's true. I don't, yeah. Right. I think that's giving Woodley too much of the benefit of the doubt because Woodley is – screw Woodley. He's so disappointing. <laughs> he looked horrible in the UFC for those last, like, three fights. Mm-hmm. And 
he just lost to a YouTuber in a boxing match. So I don't even want to hear any excuse. But I think Tommy Fury will have his way. I mean, he's a physical specimen, too. Have you seen how jacked he is? He's huge. He's huge, and he can actually box. Like, you're telling me that he would lose to someone who's just picked up boxing over the last couple years? I don't know. It's the same story we have every time. Every time, man. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> he better win, bro. And it was so weird. Yeah. I don't even want to go back into the Woodley fight because it was so dumb. But, like, there was times in that fight where it seemed like Woodley was just not doing anything and not taking it to him. And it's just weird, man. Should've it won is. That and I, I hope no it's, reason. I hope it's the opposite. Tyrone Woodley should have lost that freaking fight. But he did. Mm-hmm. And so here we are still talking about. I don't know. Jake looks a what little nervous. What worries me is that Paul's gonna win again, and this is just gonna keep going. This thing is just gonna keep snowballing, and I think he's more legitimate than his brother is right now. Jake Paul, sure. I feel. I feel. I take Jake Paul more serious than Logan when it comes yeah. to boxing. But but I wanted to talk about Logan too because apparently he wants to fight Mike Tyson. What do you think about that? It's bad news, Bearstein. <laughs> I don't care if he's Grandpa Tyson; he will destroy him. Bro, I would want Mike Tyson to to slap me. No, either would I. I wouldn't but want I would, Mike Tyson dude. to do anything. That's. that's <laughs> would you dangerous. watch that fight though? I'd hundred percent. Sure, watch I'd watch it because I think that he would put Logan out. Yeah, and I would love. And to I think see Logan that. even asked him. Like they talked about it because they he's on a, like they're on each other's podcasts and stuff. Yeah, and I think he asked him like. He asked him something, and Mike Tyson was like, hell yeah. There's like, no animosity. It's just No, Tyson's like, I am fights. who I am, and yeah. Tyson knows he can get paid. Mm-hmm. They're all getting paid. I don't like this at all. I don't like the Paul brothers, but if there's any silver lining, if you have to pick a silver lining, it's changing the narrative for how these fighters are getting paid because they're making paychecks of their lives outside of the UFC, for example, and it's just it's sort of whack, you know? So we'll guys see are what making way more money than they ever did in their UFC careers. They are in one fight. December eighteenth. We'll talk about it after it airs. I'm gonna watch it. I hope Tommy Fury just destroys him. <laughs> so we'll finish the show talking about AEW Full Gear. That was the most recent pay per view. Yep, that from was last them. weekend. Amazing AEW. If we're talking about the Bulls being, you know, <laughs> a tough out or trending in the right direction. AEW really is becoming a big competitor to the WWE, I think. Yeah. And they're airing high quality pay-per-views in the world of wrestling. Absolutely. So if you had to pick at least like two matches that you loved from that pay-per-view, just so we can end the show on them, what were they? Well, I only, unfortunately, I... I didn't start watching till late because I was at work, so I got I caught glimpses of the Daniel Bryan or uh, Brian Danielson. Whoops, uh, Miro fight, and then I wasn't watching for a minute, and I came back in with the CM Punk Kingston fight, and then finished out the night. I watched everything after that. And I'm trying to recall exactly what matches there were. Well, those were the best matches in my opinion. Did you watch the main? That was incredible. That one was creme de la creme, like chef's kiss. That was that match had me 
on the edge of my seat excited for like 20 minutes after the pay-per-view ended. Yeah. So if people don't know. And that to uh, me is a testimony of what kind of match that was because it was it was a wild ride, dude. It was a wild ride of a match to, and like going back and forth on who I thought was going to yeah. come out on top. And then excellent wrestling, excellent storytelling. Beautiful, man. If people don't know, though, Kenny Omega faced Adam Hangman Page for the AEW world title. And they are friends in, in the real world. I, they were tag team champs, right? Mm-hmm. So... They've been a tandem in the past, and I think AEW was grooming uh, Adam Page for some time. Like, hundred percent, we knew so this was a was year coming. in the progress. A like, year this in the coming. works. Yeah, it was like a handing over of the torch. Mm-hmm. What a match, though. They the way that they way he passed the torch had me thinking that Omega was going to win still. Yeah, like I didn't. There was this. Uh, the, uh, a point in that match where I was like, I went in like the week before and into it thinking, yeah, Adam, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna put the strap on Paige. It's it's his time. You kind of foresee things like that in wrestling, but um, that match it just goes back to like what those matches can do to you, because I'm thinking like, oh man, what's happening? All these kickouts, all these fantastic finishing moves and signature moves and. You know they're 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 both kicking out of him. I'm thinking, man, Omega's gonna win this one. You know he's gonna he's gonna pull this one out. And uh, Paige got it, man. And it was really it was really a dope moment to see him get that title in the way he was embraced by everybody too. I love cool. him. He's awesome. Yeah, man. he won me over that night for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Yeah. And I I actually do love Kenny Omega. Now that I'm older, I love some of these heel acts because I appreciate great, how man. difficult it must be. And let's to be, be honest, some of that shit's hilarious. Like it is the stuff that they do. It was like Kenny Omega was like the final boss. You know yeah. what I mean? In in a video game mm-hmm. and, that you had to beat, and he did. But so because. Brian Danielson beat Miro. Yeah, and so. I enjoyed that match too. So Brian you, Danielson, he's am I wrong? He looks more jacked than he's ever looked. That was funny. I was talking my coworker and I were talking about that cuz he's been watching he's gone back and watched some WWE. He's like bigger and leaner. He's not a, yeah. as fluff. Right. Is it cuz he started eating meat again or something? He doesn't have a giant vegan, beard anymore. Sure. Dude, he's he's great too. But he's well, he's, he's in contention now, right? Because so that puts him as a number one contender. Yeah. And uh, just to talk about Dynamite the other night on Wednesday, he came out and he's 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 going in a heel role, man, against Paige. And it's kind of cool. I he he had a moment where he uh, he was kind of he he came on the mic and he goes, I guess. Uh, wrestling's not cowboy shit or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like Paige yep. is saying and. He mentioned, and it's always kind of funny, and it's like an unwritten thing that you're not supposed to like drop other uh, companies' names. Yeah, like in WWE, you don't ever hear them talking about like, like there was a bit that Punk did when he was still in WWE where he dropped like New Japan Pro Wrestling like on the mic, Ring of Honor. You don't do that. Forbidden, Vince yeah. gets pissed. You don't do that, and uh, Brian Danielson. When he was doing his promo, I was like, you know, after I won the belt at WrestleMania, and he said WrestleMania, and that crowd, you could see people, like, smirking in the crowd when he said that and just booing and, like, getting after him after saying that. And it's like, okay, we got 
Brian Danielson is a heel right now. This is going to be fun I'm to watch. I'm for it. And he's not a bad heel, man. Like, no. He's had some runs in WWE as a heel, and I thought he's always did good. I think he can play a, a good heel. This is... He's got like a punchable face, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's right there. So it's like somebody who smirks. You could punch in the face. So like he could play. He's he's great baby face too. Everybody loved him when he first came in. Um but he's he's, a, he's love, a good heel. I just love his move from the WWE because he still gets like the same warm reception and then he gets the yes chance without doing the yes right. chant, and he found a way to like work around still getting them to do it without because he would get like sued right i'm pretty sure because they own that probably so he found a way to still get that out of the fan base and he's not doing the same stuff super organic yeah i love it that that match was good i i still like miro he's a tank but it's crazy what aew is doing is just it's just super exciting it's what you want to see with wrestling it's what we grew up seeing and it's what wwe has been a shell of as of late and I, I've been watching WWE uh, more SmackDown than Raw because Raw is almost like unwatchable. But it's just I don't get into it like I get into the AEW events. It's I just don't. Man. Uh, the other fight that I'm calling them fights, the other <laughs> match that I enjoyed watching was that Eddie Kingston uh, CM, CM Punk, Punk match, CM yeah. Punk, almost like Cade Cunningham's growing into the the NBA season. CM Punk's growing into the matches For slowly sure. back because he looks winded and slow yeah. in the first couple of matches. Take a lot of time off. He took yeah. so many years off, and he even said it too in like interviews outside of AEW. Like, yeah, I'm beat up, man. I'm not feeling great because you know these rings aren't super forgiving, and you know the ropes and all these things aren't like plush soft things to to take bumps upon so you don't do it for seven years you get older over seven years that's just what happens you're gonna be there's a progression yeah they're slowly easing him into stuff they've been using utilizing him more like on the mic dude the the whole kingston thing i don't know what's happening the one thing i will say about aw is i kind of feel like they go from one thing to the other really fast yeah um stories come out of nowhere because like you had you had Punk and Allen, and I can see why that ended quick, right? Because that was just a call out. That was a, I'm here, and I see this young dude who I admire doing crazy acrobatic stuff. Let's let's face. But I'm gonna kick his ass still. Yeah. And then he has he goes over. He has a good. They have a good match. Um, then they start this thing with Kingston, and the the promo leading up to that fight at Full Gear, that match at Full Gear, was. Insane. There's sometimes moments in wrestling where you, where you where you look at it and you go, "Oh man, that seems really personal." Yeah, like that they seems like there's some. Yeah, there seems like there's real smoke behind what he's saying or she's saying. Um, I a hundred percent felt like there was real animosity between those two. I thought Kingston really doesn't like Punk and yeah. didn't like how Punk sort of came into AEW on like a pedestal. Yeah, you and know? because they had they had worked with each other at yeah. companies before and you know CM Punk had even expressed it in his in one of his promos saying like you know we were so everybody was so rough on you because we you know we saw more of you than what you were willing to see for yourself and you know all these things and it's, the things they were saying and the just the heat man it felt so real and uh 
for all that the match they have you know he goes out he he extends the hand CM Punk extends the handshake at the end and, and Eddie Kingston walks out it's like oh yeah there's still beef here there's still something here and then next Wednesday Punk's coming out and like snubbing MJF which is great like yeah I want to see that yeah sign but me where's up Kingston MGF. in this like yeah we're not done with the whole CM Punk Kingston story yet, I don't feel like as a fan. Yeah. So that they, kind of turnaround, yeah. and it's been like two or three instances that I've noticed recently where I'm like, dang, they're really going into the next thing super quick. They and do, but I think it's because they keep the door open because they have so many, they have so much upcoming talent. They're flooded with it. So they just move things around, but sign me up for MJF. CM Punk, CM Punk. even though I love Kingston CM Punk sure. so far because it seemed like there was bad blood. Oh, yeah. MJF CM Punk. I want to MJF, that. like at the end of the day, he is a great in-ring wrestler and he he's can, an excellent He can work heel. and he's great on the stick, man. He can talk so shit. Here's the, here's the test for <laughs> And him. so can CM Punk. CM Punk's gradually getting better with his in-ring stuff after taking so much time off because he was a great worker before that. But he's great on the stick. CM Punk... That's why I love CM Punk personally is because of his the what he can do on the mic. Yeah, it's effortless. That's the draw to CM Punk. It, it for feels me. real. Right. It feels like he is CM Punk. CM Punk that, is Well, we touched on it earlier. That WWE stuff with CM Punk, that shit is gold to me, bro. Yeah. Like I go back and watch that on YouTube to this day just because it's like, dude, this is nobody's done this and mm-hmm. the way he's doing it and delivering it and he's getting over it and the fans love him. It was so genius because the fans drew and loved it so much that Vince couldn't take it off the air. Right. He couldn't do anything about he it. He couldn't because he's Vince McMahon, the businessman, too, who knows how much money that's making for him. But he's getting she was getting shat on the entire day. It was, it like was the great. biggest F you ever. And he was dogging John Cena, who's babe, the, big, the biggest baby face ever, probably next to Hulk Hogan in WWE mm-hmm. history. It was fantastic stuff. It was. And I, I like how they're utilizing... <clears throat> punk at first i was nervous i was thinking oh man are they gonna like overkill it where they have him speaking like almost every week and it just gets watered down because the hype dies off but they're still doing a good job it's still entertaining and the women's we can briefly touch on this to end the show but the women's aew wrestlers are great too yeah and and Britt baker's excellent i mean she that Her, division deserves all the recognition and yeah. credit and love, bro. Because those girls throw down. They do. AEW and it's in just general. different. It's different. It's a whole different product than what WWE it is. is. Because AEW, I feel like, is catered to the adult wrestling fan. And I'm here for it. The people that are have been loyal. and WWE is not. WWE is something that when we were 10, we latched onto and watched. So kids were watching it. And they fully transitioned it to a let's let's bring in kids to be our number one mm-hmm. market. So it's PG, it's watered down. There's no. There was a point in time where there was like absolutely no swearing. There's mm-hmm. absolutely no um, weapons. Like they weren't doing the classic WWE stuff. That's when it got terrible. That's when it got really boring to the fans. And it's like still us. pretty watered down, but. But what AEW does is it brings me back to my childhood when I watch some of this stuff. Exactly. I get similar feelings as an adult, right. a grown 30-year-old man. 
And that's what you want. That's what you pay money for once you get what draws, money. That's what draws you back. Yeah, man. to be entertained and to feel nostalgic and and just to get excited. And that's all that matters. And yeah. I don't necessarily feel I that can't, way. I can't wait to drop bread on tickets to, to, to go to an AEW show when 100%. they come here. I am not pressed to go to a WWE show at all. No, me neither. You know what I'm saying? You could probably give me free WWE tickets, and I still might not go. Yeah, you'd have to think about it. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> if it was Raw, no. You know what you're going to see. I would still maybe give Raw a chance because <laughs> I like live wrestling shows. It's better to me. It is sweet, but still, you know exactly what you're going to see. Raw's not as good as SmackDown. <laughs> so if it was SmackDown, honestly, probably I would go to a SmackDown show if I was I want to see Roman Reigns live. Me too. That'd be sweet. Me too. You know. And we could talk so much about that too, but... We don't have a million hours to talk about. Yeah, I know. And we'll talk about it <laughs> next time we talk. But it's great having you over again. There was a gap there. I've been busy. Big you've gap. been busy. Right. This no, is all cool. It's cool just to get a hobby for it. all of us. So right. I do appreciate any time we do get together and we got to have bomb Korean food before this anyway. That shit was delayed. That shit was smack. <laughs> Hopefully we can get together a little bit more sooner. But thank you again, man, for coming over. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Absolutely, man. Can't wait. I just want to take a quick moment to give a huge shout out to Caged Muscle Supplements. If you guys don't know, I just recently joined their innovator program and I couldn't be more excited to be associated with one of, if not in my opinion, the best supplement companies in the world. You can head over to my Instagram page to learn more about their products as well as their culture. You can also use the link in my bio as well as my promo code JG15 to save 15% on your order. The well-rounded piece.